Our City Radio. Delano's Top of the Week. It's that time of the week when we are joined in the studio by Delano to talk about a topic in the news, look at some events that are coming up in Luxembourg, and then get a personal pick from whoever's in that week. This week, Cordula's back. Good morning, Cordula. Morning, Tom. How are you? Four in a row. <laughs> I know. Not next week. I'll be on holiday next week. So, <laughs> But welcome back. Good to have you back for another Top of the Week. Today, we are going to be um, talking about a debate that's coming up in Parliament, um, discussing new investment strategies for Luxem- Luxembourg's pension fund. Um, MPs have uh, been demanding that the fund should become greener, and an internal review has found that it exceeds its carbon budget and isn't aligned with a two-degree target to limit earth warming. Um, why don't we start off by explaining a little bit about what the pension fund is and, and how it works? Yes, so the, the National Pension Insurance Fund, if that doesn't roll off the tongue, it has a very lovely acronym. It's called CNAP also. So this manages Luxembourg's pensions and their payment. Um, and then on the other hand, you have the Fonds de Compensation, which we generally refer to as the Pension Fund or the FDC. Um, that was created in 2004 um, to sort of gain revenue from the pension system's excess funds. So everything that's um, people sort of paying their contributions, everything that's not needed to pay out contributions goes into these reserves that are then, then managed by the FDC to sort of gain even more money to stock up on reserves and ensure that the pension system is sustainable in the long term. Um And so the, the contributions by private sector workers like you and I and probably most listeners, they're divided into covering costs for pensions currently being paid out um, by the CNAP and then the reserves managed by the FDC. Um, and public sector pensions are managed in a, in a separate system entirely. So what are they going to be debating this week in Parliament? So members of Parliament are meeting on Thursday for a debate about the fund's investment strategy. Um, the FDC board at the end of last year adopted a new strategy for 2023 to 2027. Um, union representatives abstained from that vote, um, saying that you know some of the changes in the strategy to become more sustainable just aren't enough. And the Social Security Committee in Parliament over several meetings already um, at the start of this year has discussed the strategy. And then the debate on Thursday will be held in the plenary um, with representatives from all parties and the government um, to to discuss this document. But this this isn't the first time that this has come up, is it? No. So um, Parliament has been de- has been talking about this topic for the better part of two years. So there already was a debate in Parliament um, in I think December 2020. This was after the FDC for the first time published um, a climate assessment. And one of the aims of that assessment was actually to find out how exposed it is to climate financial risks and so-called stranded assets. So for example, if you're invested in coal um, and then coal is phased out, um, you've invested in an asset that is stranded because that coal will never be mined. Um, And now while the fund in this assessment found that it is actually very little exposed to climate financial risks um, or stranded assets, it also found that it actually vastly exceeds its carbon budget. Um, So the the sort of the emissions that it can produce to stay within uh, limiting global warming to two degrees Celsius. Um, And it exceeds that budget by 13 percent. And that's, you know, never mind talking about a 1.5 degree Celsius target. um, which is what the U- UN is actually now recommending. Um, and that's below the, the Paris Agreement target. Um, 
And so back in December 2020, um, members of parliament adopted a motion urging the government to analyze how environmental, social and governance um, criteria could be implemented more consistently in the fund strategy. Um, and at the time, it was then said, you know, that the that the fund will pick this up when it reviews its strategy for 2023 to 2027. Um, but so in many ways, this debate has really is is not the first and has been a long time coming. Yeah. <laughs> and is it that um, critics are just mainly calling for the investments to be made into green alternatives, like for example, not investing in fossil fuels? What exactly what exactly are the kind of calls for changes? So that is a big part of it, um, to to divest from, from fossil fuels, but also, for example, from uh, nuclear energy. So the pension fund, for example, invests in Energie de France, uh, which, um, or is it Electricité de France? I'm not quite sure on the name, EDF, mm-hmm. um, which runs um, France's nuclear power plants. And Luxembourg as a, you know, as a country is, is firmly anti-nuclear. And yet through our pension fund, we, um, you know, we, f- we give money to other nuclear projects. Um, but then on the whole, there is, um, there's, there is a blacklist of companies. So um, this, uh, the pension fund every two years updates a list of companies that it doesn't invest in. Currently, there's 120 companies on that list with another 180 under observation. Um, but... There's also, you know, there are also mining companies in there. Um, there's tobacco. There's defense firms, um, and so it's 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 not only the sort of the energy fossil fuel aspect, but it is looking more widely um, at these like ESG criteria. Um, and one of the proposals, for example, that's that's on the table, is um, whether there should be an ethics committee um, added to the to the fund's governance. Um, I mean, how much? Um, money and investment are we talking about here because um, maybe you can explain a little bit about uh, about that so since becoming um, so the, the FDC was launched in 2004 mm-hmm. it became kind of fully operational in 2007 and since then it has accumulated returns worth around 7 billion euros from the investments and it manages now a portfolio of around 26 billion euros um, and that's enough to cover more than four years worth of pension payments. Um, and there is there is a legal minimum that the fund needs to be able to cover one and a half years of pension payments. So right now we are still sort of vastly exceeding that that legal criteria. But also, you know, these resources are set to dwindle over the coming years. I think we all I think all countries face the problem of aging populations mm-hmm. and so on um, and so the the ratio between people who are taking out their pensions and those who are still paying in um, is going to diminish and so that reserve should shrink from 4.8 years currently to just 1.5 between 2039 and uh, 2043 and then be fully used up between 2048 uh, 2045 and 2048 and I think all of that sounds really far away but you and I certainly will still be working unless we magically win the lottery Mm. Um, um, so there's also kind of a there's a question around because the FDC's main mission is to secure these pensions and that's one of the arguments it has used for not excluding these kinds of sectors um, because it's you know it looks at returns Um, then there's a question of like okay but if we keep funding these industries, what kind of world are we mm-hmm. <laughs> are we sort of creating for when people are going to get their pensions? Um, but it also, you know, there is a bigger question mark around the the pension system itself and how sustainable it is, and what kind of reform from there might be needed um, in the longer term um, to ensure that you know we don't end up with 
um, with nothing in the in the pension system, mm. essentially. All right. Just finally, classic question: What's the kind of time frame on this? Like, when's the debate happening, and when might we see a change in the um, in the strategy of the pension fund to become greener? So there seems to be some political consensus on the fact that the legal framework of the FTC needs to change. Um, the FTC has long said that it cannot, under its current statutes, um, exclude entire sectors. Um, there's some like. Because laws are open to interpretation and there are some sides like the Green Party, for example, who have said that actually it, it could if it wanted to. Um, but there seems to be some political consensus now that, that the law would need to change. Um, so I think after this debate, what we will need to look out for is um, an actual proposal, like a draft law coming through. Um, they link back in 2020 already. They had submitted a proposal which is being reviewed by the government currently. Um but from there, it's anyone's guess. I mean, even even if the, the current government manages to get a proposal in before the summer break, um, we will then have elections in October, which usually slows down the legal process. Um, so it will probably not be a... I mean, I wouldn't expect anything this year, to be honest, mm-hmm. to properly like you know be voted into, um, into force. Um, and if or when that happens, the FTC will then have to go and adapt its strategy. Um, so it could it could be a little while yet. Okay, well, a good place to uh, keep track of the debate and its outcome is probably on the Delano website. I'm sure you're going to be covering it. Well, somewhat ironically, I actually won't be. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will already be away. So it's uh, it, the the debate is on Thursday, and I and I will be happily sat on a plane at some uh, while it's going on. All right. Um, which is a bit irritating because I have been following this story for. Uh, for the better part of two years as well. Okay. Um, but someone from, from Delano will certainly be following it. So you will be finding it on, on Delano Lou. Okay, brilliant. I'm going to play a track now. And when we come back, we're going to look at some events that you picked out for listeners to look forward to this week in Luxembourg. This track is, in fact, one that I didn't manage to fit in uh, during our track of the week vote. It's another brand new one. It's by Inhaler, a band from Dublin, and it's called If You're Going to Break My Heart. That's Inhaler and the new one. If You're Going to Break My Heart, another new piece of music that you can vote for in our track of the week vote either by sending us a text or over on our Instagram stories. We're back in the studio right now with Cordula from Delano for Delano's Top of the Week. And right now we're going to look at some events that she's picked out for listeners to look forward to in Luxembourg this week. What have we got first? So the first one is a jazz concert and jam session at uh, the Le Bouvary um, Café. And that is tomorrow, Tuesday, at um, 8.30pm. Um, and so you have Jeff Hare, Greg Lamy and Mark Demo to fairly well-known Luxembourg jazz musicians who are going to play and then afterwards um, people other people who just you know sort of bring their instruments okay. uh, can jam along um, and is that that's free entry then it is, is yeah. but you should because um, it's quite a small place so mm-hmm. you should book in advance okay. and you can find the um, Café Littéraire Le Bovary on Facebook and you'll find all of the details to contact them there alright great up next the David Lynch exhibition yes that kicks off on the 10th um, so Friday at the Ratskeller, which is that little exhibition space um, at the Cercle City in Luxembourg City. And this is in partnership with the Luxembourg City Film Festival. Um, they're organizing an exhibition called Small Stories um, by David Lynch. Um, and yeah, that's open until the 16th of April. So there's plenty of time. But if you want to catch it early, um, it's starts on Friday. And we are going to be having an interview with the curators of that exhibition tomorrow on the show. So a uh, good opportunity to tune in to find out more. Uh, that'll be on tomorrow at 8 a.m. All right. Sorry, 8.30. 
And then finally, uh, a cringe comedy festival. Yes, so this has been going on for a, a few weeks already. Um, and they've now, it's the third of four shows that is on, on the 10th of February as well, so Friday, um, which is called, uh, so they've already had the dudes and the intellects, and this edition is called the nasties. Um, so don't look for political correctness or anything, and probably if you're easily offended, it might not be the, the top pick. Okay. Um, but if that's your kind of thing? If that's your kind of thing. Um, so this is at um, Updown, um, and you can find information about it also on, on their Facebook page, or you can find the Luxembourg Comedy Group on Facebook for more information and uh, to book tickets in advance or buy them rather. All right. Okay, we're going to round things off with a personal pick from you. Uh, what have we got this week? You haven't managed to read any more books since my last visit. <laughs> I was, getting, I was uh, thinking that, could, that, that would be impressive going for <laughs> four books in four weeks. Um, no, so my, my tip is actually... Um, uh, a, a trip to Düsseldorf because right. um, I recently ve- went I've uh, I've passed through the train station many times sort of switching trains to go somewhere else but I never really stopped in the city mm-hmm. and to be fair I think the city itself isn't the prettiest there's a nice little sort of old part of town and there's some nice shopping fairly similar to Trier actually but what really stands out is that Düsseldorf is home to one of Europe's largest Japanese communities mm-hmm. and they have this whole district called Little Tokyo okay. um, with uh, shops supermarkets and most of all a load of amazing Japanese restaurants Um, and you can already sort of from four o'clock onwards you can see people starting to queue outside for their ramen and whatever else and um, yeah that was a real treat so if you're looking for good destination for a foodie trip exactly I also walked I walked past a restaurant run by um, people from the Uyghur Chinese like ethnic minority Mm -hmm. Um, but, but I had already eaten, so I couldn't possibly okay. <laughs> eat any more. Um, but there's plenty, um, yeah, if, you, if you're looking for a bit of a foodie trip. And by car, it's like two and a half, three hours. And yeah, it takes a little bit longer by train, but it's, um, it's fairly easy to get to. All right, brilliant. Well, guys, there you have it. Great, uh, great place for a food trip to Dusseldorf if you're looking for something to do at the weekend. Cordula, thanks for coming in. For another top of the week, as you said, it's not going to be you next week because you're away. So we'll have another one of your colleagues from Delano in for the next top of the week. Sounds good. Cheers.